0: All right, Ephesians chapter number six tonight, Ephesians chapter six, and uh, I'll have you uh, probably turn to a couple of uh, uh, other passages tonight, uh, and I'm going to jump right into it this evening and get going here pretty quick. I need to remind, I need to make this announcement, any men who Uh, are able to work tomorrow night on the new property Uh, there is some work that can be done and I was told that you'll need shovels and steel rakes and so if you are interested in that or maybe I should just show up and not tell you what you're going to need when you get there uh, so you don't know what kind of work we're doing but I know uh, trees are starting to come down we've got to put some uh, things in place so we can begin to clear um, the land. And so um, if, you, if you can help with that, uh, you can uh, help, help tomorrow evening uh, at the uh, new property. And uh, tonight I'm going to teach um, I, I told you Sunday that I may start teaching to get us ready to move, uh, hitting a lot of reset buttons. Uh, of what, what uh, for example, uh, what we need to, be, what, what does a Sunday school teacher need to be? What is a, uh, what, what do we need to do as a uh, different servant in the church? And uh, what is it? What is the bus ministry? What's the philosophy of the bus ministry as we uh, get to a place and a property, a property where we can begin to uh, run all the ministries. Uh, that we have been able to run through the years. And so I'm still probably going to do that, but I'm not going to get started on that tonight. Uh, but as I as I bounce around on Sun, uh, Wednesday nights, of course, we've, we've gone through Romans chapter 12 this year, uh, Psalms chapter number one. I'm going to teach some things to help us, not just in that regard, uh, but spiritually speaking, uh, as we get ready to do what it is that God uh, has for us to do. And uh, tonight, I'm, uh, and one thing that has been, been pressed on my mind is for us to stay spiritually strong. Um, we are in good shape as a church. Uh, I can give you a good financial report tonight. I can give you a good attendance report. Uh, I can give you uh, a vision on 20 acres tonight. Uh, we are we, in good shape, but none of that matters if we don't stay spiritually strong. None of that matters if we don't stay close to the Lord in our walk. And so uh, I want to, and I I don't know if I'll string a series together on this, uh, but tonight uh, I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter number 6, and I'm going to read verses 10 through uh, 13. Ephesians chapter number 6. And uh, kids, I'm not going to do verse one, so don't be afraid of that. Uh, when I was growing up, that's the only verse my mother knew was Ephesians chapter number six, verse one. And I didn't think she knew anything else. Uh, chapter uh, verse number ten. Uh, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. We've got to have the power of God. We've got to have the power of God. Parent, you've got to have God's power to rear your children. got to have His wisdom. Church, we've got to have the power of God. You've got to have it. Uh, put on the whole armor of God, verse 11, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand... Uh, I, I believe that one of the great dangers, great failures of the church in our day, of Christians in that day, is a failure to re- in our day, is a failure to remember that we have an enemy. Uh, this isn't my Bible study tonight, but if you've got something in your heart against somebody else in this room, you're focused on the wrong enemy. Uh, that that's we have an enemy, and his name is Satan. He's our adversary. And so many times we prepare as Christians in so many ways, except the only way that really matters, and that's to put on the whole armor of God. Why? Because we got to prepare for our enemy. We prepare to go to work. Uh, you go on vacation. You're going to prepare to go to vacation. Uh, teen, the, the kids are coming up for camp next week They won't prepare to go to camp But, that, but we'll, we'll use a different illustration But you have to prepare uh, But spiritually speaking, are you prepared? You take time this morning to prepare for your day Prepare spiritually uh, Tonight, I'm going to be very practical And i got, I, got a, I got a pretty long list um, And I'll, I'll run through this list as fast as possible tonight And I may cut it off um, I have two bags of chips down here that somebody brought me their Taco Bell chips, and um, uh, the French brothers were commenting on the chips. And uh, Kyle asked if he said, "Well, I guess it's going to be a long one tonight." I guess that's never a good sign when the preacher brings his own snacks. Uh, so, uh, but uh, uh, we'll get through this, <coughs> and uh, and I think it'll help. I think it'll help us tonight. Father, we need you. We thank you for your many blessings. Uh, we come now down to the end of a school year, and uh, your blessings are, we're reminded of your blessings as we've had graduations, and uh, we'll have programs, and uh, we're preparing to uh, move to a new location, a new property, have new opportunities. Uh, your people have worked hard, they've been faithful. Uh, many are weary tonight. but Father, may we be reminded that uh, we must have your strength, we must have your power, um, your strength takes us beyond our own ability. Our strength limits us in what we can do for you. And may this practical study tonight may it be a help to us. Uh, we ask in Jesus' name, Amen. I want to speak tonight on uh, how Satan approaches the believer. How Satan approaches the believer. I want to remind you again this evening that you have an adversary. Um, you have uh, an enemy. I don't understand uh, when, when people get mad at a pastor, and there's nobody in here like this tonight, I'm just, this is a good time to mention it, for just preaching the truth of the Word of God. Uh, Paul wrote, have, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, do I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Um, we, we choose different things to be our enemy that shouldn't be our enemy. Uh, but we do have an enemy, we must prepare for him. I think that I already mentioned, I think one failure we have as Christians is we don't we forget, we act like our enemy doesn't exist. Uh, but I do think there are many as Christians, and I would hope that that this room is full of them uh, who uh, we we prepare somewhat, but we we' we're, we're taken off guard because Satan approaches us in ways that we did not expect him to approach us. Satan Satan comes to us and he will, Cause us to stumble. Uh, he'll offer us temptation. Uh, he'll deceive us because we weren't expecting that. We weren't expecting him to come that way. I want to remind all of us that he, we are no match for him. That's why we must have the armor of God. But if I have the power of God in the spirit of God, he, he's no match for that. He's the, he, can't, he can't handle that. Uh, but I want us to be wise. In how we live, wise in the decisions we make, but wise in how we deal with our adversary. Now, uh, I, I've, ha- I've had I've had people mention to me, Pastor, I, I don't I don't I don't know that I agree that uh, you, you talk about Satan all the time. I said I, I don't talk about him all the time. I just wrote a 360-page book on him, but other than that, I really don't I really don't talk about it. And that's why we fall. That's why we fail because we're unaware. Of our adversary. Now let's get into the outline tonight and, and look at how uh, Satan opposes the believer. Number one, Satan comes as a roaring lion to terrorize or as an angel of light to patronize. Satan comes as a roaring lion to terrorize or as an angel of light to patronize. 1 Peter 5.8, and I remind myself and I remind others all the time that, that we're reminded that he's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He is a roaring lion. He's making a lot of noise, and he's looking for the easy target. We have to be reminded we're told to resist, and he'll flee. So he's roaring to terrorize. Nobody likes it when the adversary gets after you. And let me remind you tonight: If you're going to do something for God, if you're going to, in, in, in new Christians and new, new church members and those that are growing, in our young people who've just graduated from high school, if you're going to do something for God, He's coming for you. He's going to oppose you. Right. Parents, that you got, you have babies in that nursery. You have little kids sitting with you. You need to understand something: You, you, you they, they are innocent. Uh, they have their whole future ahead of them. They have a plan that God has designed just for them. And the, the adversary is pursuing them. Uh, he's going to come for you, and he can terrorize the Christian because he's a roaring lion. There are some in here that, if we're not careful, his roar will scare us. He terrorizes us, and I, 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 I'm, t- I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I don't want to be scared, and we run. Let me let me use another scripture to be reminded: uh, God does not give us the spirit of fear. If you're afraid of something you're dealing with, that fear did not come from God. Uh, that's why uh, if, you, if, you start, if you look through life through the lens of Scripture, we get terrorized about something. There's an answer in the Word of God. The answer is, is through the power of God. He comes as a, as a terrorizer and he roars. Some get afraid and run, but some, that's no problem. Because you're expecting that. You memorized that Scripture verse when you were a little child. You're expecting that. But what you're not expecting is for him not to terrorize you, but to patronize you. In 2 Corinthians eleven 4, we're reminded that he comes as an angel of light. You expect the lion. But how many Christians or how many people have been deceived because he came as an angel of light patronizing them? You're okay. You don't need the word of God. Young people, you don't need your Christian parents. You don't need the pastor. You don't need the Bible. You're okay. Just live your best life now. We're ready for the terror. We're ready for the roar. But he comes and patronizes. You better be, be careful of the devil patronizing you. Telling you what you want to hear. Uh, he comes to us that way. Uh, Either as a roaring lion to terrorize us, or as an angel of light to patronize us. Friend, if it's contrary to Scripture, it's not of God. If it's contrary to Scripture, it it comes from a satanic origin. Uh, And we have to be careful. Be careful. If you get away from God, if you get something going on in your life that you're struggling with, you will always find a sympathetic ear. Always find a sympathetic ear. Uh, Be careful of Satan, your adversary, who wants to destroy your life, and he'll patronize you, and he'll tell you, you deserve better than that. Why would God do that to you? If you hadn't dedicated so much of yourself to this, you could still serve God and in a setting like this. You can still... After all, the truth is not exclusive to Emmanuel Baptist Church. That's not, not a false statement. But he'll patronize you. Be careful of that, how that. How Satan approaches the believer. Uh, second statement, and uh, I'm running out of time. I don't know Bob Hamilton every Wednesday night. Pastor, can you see that clock back there? He, <laughs> Not I've been praying for you today, Pastor, but Pastor, I just want to make sure you can see that clock back there. Uh, Number two, Satan comes as the adversary to accuse, or as the serpent to beguile. Uh, He comes as an accuser. The Bible tells us that. You think of the story of Joseph. Uh, He is the accuser, and he comes and Oh, we we like to remind ourselves of that, and, and it's certainly true. And Joseph is certainly a good example of that. And sadly, many have been defeated because he is the accuser. But I would say more Christians have been defeated the way Eve was defeated. By being beguiled, tricked. Deceived. We are what I want us to see tonight as we get through this outline. So many times we're ready for our adversary in one regard, but we leave ourselves unprotected in another way. We're not to be ignorant of his devices. We're to be uh, aware of his wiles or his tricks. We're to know our adversary. We're to be aware of him. And sometimes uh, we, we, we are partially aware because we see he'll come another way. But I would tell you tonight that uh, we need to be on guard for him to deceive us. What did he do with Eve? He, he, he used just enough scripture to say something that God did not say. If, if I told you a while ago that, that 20 acres, we've mapped it out, and we filled it up on paper. Now we just got to pay for it and build the buildings. Work night, Friday night, okay? Um, so how would you pay for that? If I had a dollar, for every time a Christian told me that they were doing something and they almost got the scripture right, we could build all that. Sometimes I, I, I hear them I hear Christians give justification for what they're doing, and I'm thinking that's not what the Bible says. Or I say it like this: read the verse before that verse, read the verse after that verse, and let's give some context to that. You and I have to be careful that we we defend. The way you're looking for him. Defend. But we have to be careful. He can come at us that way or he can come to beguile us. Deceive us. That's the way he approaches us. The the, the third, third way I'll mention tonight. Satan's goal is to convince men he is an awful monster or he doesn't exist at all. Let me tell you what I mean by that. First of all, let me say he is an awful monster. And I, I love reading through the, the book of Genesis. Or Je- I love that one too, but Revelation. And I, I, I don't know, there's just something inside of me when you hear about that dragon being thrown into that bottomless pit. Uh, I get excited about. Uh, he is a monster. He's a destroyer. We have to be on guard of him. But he's okay with you thinking that he's that horrible dragon. Or let me put it like this. A little man with a pitchfork, horns, forked tail. But that's not what gets most Christians. Because if he came to you as a dragon, you'd be Ready? If he came running in here in a red suit with a fork tail and horns and a pitchfork, you'd say, there's the devil. Or a crazy man dressed up like him, one or the other. The point is, we, we, we know as Christians, and we hear it preached, we hear it taught, we read it in Scripture, and we know because of what He's done in our own life, He, he, is, he is vile, He is wicked, He is despicable, He is a monster, He, he is the epitome, as God is the epitome of Holiness. Holiness that you and I, we can only imagine, but we can't comprehend. That is God. He is. We don't measure God against holiness. Holiness is measured against God. The opposite end of that spectrum is Satan. It's He's evil personified. We don't measure Satan against evil. Evil is measured against Satan because he is evil personified. If he came at us in embodied in his evil... If we would, as that monster, we would be aware of him. But how many Christians act like he doesn't even exist at all? How many act like there is that temptation could not have come from him? How many act that that, that stumbling block could not come from him? How many get up every day and say, I don't need the word of God. I don't need to prepare myself spiritually. If you really believe that there is an adversary out there and he is trying to destroy your marriage, he's trying to destroy your home, he's trying to destroy your kids, he's trying to destroy your life, you would probably put on the armor. If you saw him, and you could, if God would pull back the spiritual curtain, you do realize that there is a spiritual realm that we cannot see you realize there's a spiritual war going on all around us. And if God were to pull back that curtain and let us see Satan in all of his evil, and all of his wickedness, as that horrible creature that he is, he's okay for the little children to learn that he's horrible and he's evil, uh, but just live like he doesn't exist. We have to be careful. Because we will get... Lulled to sleep. We'll get a false sense of security. I'm looking for that little red man with a pitchfork. Oh, I'm on, on guard. And, and this is what we'll do. Some of us, we've been reared right. We got saved out of a life of, and, and, and we're living by the word of God. And if you do that, And if you live long enough and you stay around the right thing is long enough, unfortunately, you will see what sin will do to the lives of others. I'm not not in the middle on what I feel about alcohol. Because of what the Bible says, but I've had to deal with the results and the tragedies and the broken lives. So I'm not neutral on that. And that's an example, and there's some, uh, you, you, whatever it is for you, because you've seen it, you've experienced it, or maybe it's happened in the life of somebody you love, and you, 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 you bus workers and Sunday school teachers, you go to those homes and you see what it has done. But the danger is not that which we're on guard for. It is, well, in this situation, it's like as if he doesn't even exist. That couldn't have come from him. Uh, that's how he approaches the believer. His goal is to consider, for us to learn that he's an awful monster or he doesn't exist at all. Number four. Don't get excited, there's more than four. He, he, Satan seeks to bring men to the extremes of doctrine. He seeks to bring men to the extremes of doctrine. Doctrine... Can I'm going to say it like that. Let me just explain what I mean. I have taught, and I will continue to teach that doctrine is important. Doctrine divides. Why am I a Baptist? Because doc, my, it's my doctrine, it's what I believe doctrinally. It's what I believe the Bible teaches. Now that does not mean there's not somebody sitting in a Methodist church that is, is saved. Doesn't mean that at all. But the doctrine does divide us. One thing that is missing, you see, it's so sad, even in independent Baptist churches, the lack of doctrine. Uh, we, We don't know why we believe what we believe. We don't know the Bible. We're not taught the Bible. We need to learn doctrine. It's important, so we have two extremes. Satan seeks to bring men down to the extreme of doctrine. We have one extreme in our churches today that basically says they wouldn't say it like this, but they say doctrine doesn't matter. Or this is what they'll say, well, that, that is a minor doctrine. And I always ask this question, who decides what's minor and major? What group of holy men get together and decide that all of a sudden, this is a minor doctrine? Uh, there's, that, there's that idea that we don't, we don't major on doctrine there's that extreme and you see the results of that but you also see another extreme where doctrine becomes or bible knowledge becomes a point of pride let me give an illustration to say what i mean emmanuel baptist church has got to be on guard for the fact that doctrine matters what 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 is preached matters. What is in the Sunday school lessons matter? Doctrine matters. We can't the devil is, is is winning in the life of Christians and the life of churches because he has deceived them into thinking that let's minimize the doctrine. We can't do that. But there's another extreme that takes pride in what they know. And you'll never, praise God, you'll never get them off doctrinally. But the doctrine they know, they wouldn't walk across the street to share with a lost man that he could be saved. It's like having a ruler and never using it to draw a straight line. You have the ruler. But you don't use it to draw a straight line. It's like being sick and having the medicine and never taking it. It's, it's it's using the it's not using it's using the scripture. You hear a lot of this today with the style of preaching. Well, a lot of people just kind of preaching and and that's and this this way, and it's, it's it's this verse by verse. And you look at the weakness and the shallowness of their people because you're determined to expound on a verse that has no bearing on their life at that point. Let me explain what I mean. If I have six people come to me, and and they're all dealing with the same thing, something tells me that more than six is probably dealing with it. And I want to pray, and I want to know you well enough to know what you need. But I'm going to teach a doctrine. Uh, You're going to know if you'll listen, if you'll pay attention. But there's two extremes there. There's the no doctrine, and then there's the extreme of having it but not living it. Let me say, say, say this, and I'll move, to, move on. We're all going to give an account of the, of the amount of Bible we know. What I mean by that is, you should learn the Bible. If you hang around the Emmanuel Baptist Church long enough, and in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, your Bible knowledge is going to increase. But as your Bible knowledge increases, so does your responsibility to live what you've learned. Uh, It's been said, I didn't say it originally, but it's been said that it's not the Bible we don't understand that we have a problem with. It's the Bible we do understand that we have a problem with. And so uh, we, we, we have to have doctrine. But the other, there's two extremes. The other extreme, there's the pride, there's the the lack of knowledge, which brings the lack of Bible living. Number five, I think, I think I'm going to try and get through seven, teen. Number five, Satan's goal amongst believers is to create jealousy or unconcern. I taught this when I was teaching some of those studies in past years that the danger for many, many people in this, this, this church is not a can of beer. And I say this statement, and sometimes Christians look at me, I'll say, bitterness has destroyed more Christians than alcohol has. But yet, we're on guard for the alcohol. We tell, and you should... Teach your children, alcohol is bad. Alcohol is wrong. No matter what what, what Hollywood says, no matter what television says, no matter what, it, it is wrong, it is bad. But what did what, what God would have the same emphasis? Bitterness is wrong. Unforgiveness is bad. Bitterness will destroy your life. More Christians have been dis- destroyed by bitterness. His goal is to create jealousy or the extreme unconcern he approaches the, the christian in many many ways if you put on your armor you have the spirit of god you have the discernment of god it's going to help you a point tonight with all of this is to show all the different ways our enemy our adversary comes for us and we've got to be on guard we've got to be prepared so it's you can't just pick up your bible and speed read through the proverbs of the day and say i'm ready You can't, get, you can't get the bulletin and, and flip it over and say, oh, the read-through the, the year, I've got to read this number of chapters and I'm going to stay on schedule. Set the goal to read through the Bible in the year, but you ought to be reading the Bible to prepare yourself to face your adversary. And if you're ready for him in one regard, he's going to come at you in a different one. We have the, the, the he'll come in the, in the form of jealousy. You, Christian, you have to be careful of that. He, what Satan would love for a member of Emmanuel Baptist Church, as much as he'd like for anything, he'd like for you to get jealous of somebody else, just as he would like for you to get drunk. Oh, I would never. Well, they're both sin. And most of the times we're prepared for one. Is this making sense to anybody? But then the other extreme is that it's just not to care. We, we have, we, we, and this is, a, this is a church that does, we have to care for one another. You have a responsibility to your church. You have a responsibility. You have a responsibility, a lot of them I could go through, you have a responsibility to uh, finance it, you have a responsibility to uh, take the gospel to the world, but you have, you have a, a, a responsibility to pray for one another. And we've got to be careful that he doesn't create certain things in us. Um, Satan desires, number six Satan approaches the Christian he deals in the extreme of pride and discouragement oh, this is going to be one that I want you to listen to the first five, it didn't matter but this one I want you to listen to he deals in the extremes of pride and discouragement I'll make this statement, this will illustrate it he wants to convince you, don't miss this that you are either a somebody or a nobody. Both are pride. You're a somebody. I'm, I'm a somebody. I, I'm, 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 and we get ourselves so full of pride. And the longer a church like the Emmanuel Baptist Church, we go from generation to generation to generation. Oh, more churches have been destroyed For this reason. Because the further we get away from the humble beginnings. Or the further a Christian gets away from what God saved them out of. And the years go by. And the decades go by. We begin to think. Look at what I have done with my life. Look at what. I have done for the Lord. And we forget the fact that we were just a sinner on our way to hell, and God loved us enough to send His Son so that we might be saved. And we didn't do... Matter of fact, we couldn't do anything to save us, but if we're not careful as we get busy for the Lord, serving the Lord, we can let pride, pride get get, get in our heart. Some of you would say tonight... (laughs) There's no danger. No danger of me getting full of pride. Satan's not getting me that way. Pastor, don't worry about me. My self-esteem is so low. I would never fall in pride. You're proud of that distinction, aren't you? He wants you to think you're a somebody or a nobody. You're not a somebody because you needed Jesus to save you. You're not a nobody because Jesus left heaven to save you. And for, well, I just, I could never do or I could never serve. You know what you're saying? You're saying your salvation has no value. Because you're looking at what somebody else is doing, and you're saying, well, God will allow them to do And no, God created you the way he wanted to create you. Only you can glorify him in the way he created you. Only you can finish your course, only you can finish your task. And for you to say, how God created me just isn't important, is a source of pride. He wants you to be a son. Pastor, right. I he'll never get, I'm not full of pride. And, 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 and we got to be very careful with the, the fake humility. Uh, there's two extremes. We've got to realize that no matter, no matter and we're, we're all wired a little bit differently. Some of you are wired a lot differently, but that's, that's a whole other. And, and the Bible says so much about pride. So much about pride. So much about pride. And we can get soulful. God, if 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 you get in the word of God, you begin serving God, you fall in love with God, God will clean you up, God will make you more separated, consecrated, more holy, you'll, you'll become more like Him. But you've got to be reminded it's not you, it's Him. But the other side of that, and Young people, young adults, teenagers, listen to me. Well, I, could, I know that I felt and I surrendered that time that God wanted me to go to the mission field, but I could never do that. I could never serve God. You're saying God didn't know what He was doing when He put you on this planet. You're saying you have to have all the ability to serve God in that way, that, that you can't do it with Him, and He'd have nothing to do with it. It is a source of pride. And many... Many a preacher, many a missionary, many a full time servant, a Sunday school teacher has fallen because of pride. But is it any worse than somebody never answering the call because of pride? We always use the one, and rightfully so, who the devil says, You better stay humble. Are y'all fall good advice? You remember brother so-and-so? He got so full of himself and he looked good advice. But what is not so prominent is our churches are full of young men and young women who God put them on this planet to do something specific and put a call on them. Say, said, well, I just can't do that. So I'm not going to try. Uh, Satan gets a so, however he comes at you in that regard, you gotta be on the guard. Be be on guard. All right, number seven. Satan wants you to depend on you, or just not depend completely on God. So many Christians have have fallen. They failed. They've ended up not fulfilling everything they could do for God because they believe that. The only way that they can get, get away from the things of God he said, well, for me to, to go the other way, then, then I have to join the church of Satan, and I you know, go Gothic and do all this, and I, I wouldn't serve Satan in that regard. And, and we, we have this false sense of that's what he's enticing us to. No, he's perfectly content, Christian, with you just serving you. You don't have to vow your allegiance to him, just vow your allegiance to you. Because if he came with with that one extreme, we'd be ready. I grew up in Sunday school. I remember when my teacher did dress up in the red suit and the horns and the in the pitchfork. No, I'm not serving Satan, and Satan will put other things in temptations and Get you a sense of self-sufficiency where you, okay, don't depend on me. But you know what? I know what, I know what the Bible says. But you're the exception. I know, I know what the pastor said about that. But you know you can talk to God too. True statement. He's just not gonna tell you anything different than the Bible says. He just wants you to depend on you. How many Christians never get prayers answered because they're depending on themselves? And they never take time to say, God, I got to have you. I got to depend on you. How many never get what they could have in their Christian life because they're content to just get what they can get? Or just use God in case of emergency. You know, if it gets really, really bad, hit that altar. And aren't you glad that God will always hear our confession? But Satan just doesn't want you living in the spirit. Christian, don't miss this. All he's got to do is catch you living in the flesh one time. At the right moment, in the right circumstances, and he's got you, not because you were seeking him, not because you woke up that day and said, "I'm going to follow Satan." no, because you just woke up and said, "I'm going to depend on me again today i'm going I'm, I'm going to depend on me I'm, 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 i i'm fact I, I know a lot, I know a lot of, I'm, I'm going to depend on me. No, we have to depend on him. Have to depend on him. Have to depend on him. And and, and, I, and I taught this, I, I, I felt, like, and I changed, I, I decided to teach this right at the last minute tonight. Because I, and I can't put my finger on it. But I'm really concerned there's somebody or somebody's, and this is always true because he's—he—he—he he did, he didn't take Memorial Day off, our adversary. Who we've gotten this false sense of—I got to figure it out. I got it. I'm not like no. All he's got to do is get you living after yourself. That's it. I'm on guard. Pastor, I know what the situation is, and he'll never get me that way. Let me remind you tonight, he don't have to get you that way. There's a lot of ways. That's why our text tonight, we have to realize that we have an adversary. It's a spiritual warfare, and every day we better buckle up. Every day we better take the time to put our armor on and live our day in his spirit, in his power. Don't let him get in your life. We're told to resist, we're told to make no place. And it's a sermon for another day, unless y'all want to hang around for a little while. But um, we, the Bible says, make no place for the devil. But how many just open the door and put a welcome mat out? Oh, I, That's not a temptation to me. Okay. But self-sufficiency will destroy a Christian as much as anything will. Let's be mindful of our adversary. Father, we thank you for...